0: This is the moment. Here's what you came for. This is the moment.
1: Magic was made for. Someone come on. Tight up the sky now. You feel the magic. Happening right now. Hello there. Welcome back to Fan Fatalus
0: Hey guys it's perpetually tired uh, editor Kara here and um I just want to let you guys know that a lot of the fandom news in this episode is considered outdated and um like old news and that is because this episode was recorded before Halloween and it is coming out very late due to a number of issues mainly being scheduling it also because I myself moved so I was unable to edit for a little bit and I know we were going to take a little bit of a hiatus anyway, so we just decided to delay the episode until I was able to edit again. So, just want to let you guys know, hope you enjoy the episode!
1: Hello and welcome back to FanFest House. i a member of the Real Fans Podcast Network. I'm Emma, and Gabby has started her little traveling spree before she comes to see me at Walt well, Disney World. So I have a special guest. You might recognize your voice from past guest times on the podcast where We were talking about Kingdom Keepers. but Instead, we're going to talk about Team Star Kids' spooky musicals to go with Spooktober. Hatchetfield musicals. Skylar, you on the recording, y'all. Hi. <laughs> yeah. So the Hatchetfield series, because not even trilogy, because what? There's also the Working Boy short film and Nightmare Time 1 and 2.
0: Which is a lot of musicals. <laughs> Yeah,
1: but before we get into any of them the first one came out in 2018 it was the guy who didn't point me schools which was followed by black friday in 2019 during the pandemic they did nightmare time one and two via like zoom correct that is correct yeah and then the last one of the series, Nerdy Prudes Must Die, was performed in 2023, back in February, actually, and was just released on YouTube on October 13th, which I'll give you guys a little fun fact about that day for me. Um, and then the short film was also released on October 13th, Working um, Boys, um, but that is only for um, that, what is it called? The Nightmare? Not Nightmare. The Halloween Hatchetfield Halloween special. Uh, until the end of this month, the Hatchetfield Halloween special,
0: with yeah, which is a digital ticket.
1: Yes, it's like ten dollars. Yeah, it's honestly worth it though. Yeah, it's so <laughs> worth it. Oh, it was so good. But before we get into any of these musicals, Scholar, do you know what I was doing last week on October thirteenth?
0: What were you doing last week on October 13th? Huh? I was
1: seeing a lecture series from an original Team Star Kid member. Amazing. Yeah. It was Darren Chris came to my university, and I chose to do that over watch Nerdy Prudes. And finally watched it today. And last night. Right before filming. Right before filming. Hey, it's fresh <laughs> in my mind. Whereas exactly same with working boys,
0: I initially watched Nerdy Prudes while on the clock. Funny enough, um, on the day that it dropped, didn't it drop (laughs) at five p.m. that day? Did it drop at five p.m.? I'm pretty sure it did. It might have been the following day that I watched it on the clock because I was literally at work watching it. (laughs)
1: because it came out on october 13th at 5 p.m eastern time
0: yep so it was that saturday it was that saturday okay
1: which one's your favorite
0: honestly i am tied right now between black friday and nerdy prudes nerdy prudes was absolutely stellar but yes and we're gonna talk about that and working boys Uh later of course absolutely but black friday is just so good i think it's because i worked retail whenever it came out
1: (laughs) you see that might be why i like the guy who didn't like new schools as much or like that's my favorite because i remember Mm -hmm. watching it the day it came out i think i watched the premiere of it actually i think i did too because we were talking about
0: it in a group chat while it was happening.
1: The guy who didn't like musicals. What is this abbreviation? It's like Taylor Swift songs, guys. T W M T G W D L M. Yep. It's so long. <laughs> yeah. And like, I don't feel like it's that long. I'm just trying to figure out what day was released. Also um even though like so I didn't watch the entirety of the special or like the party thing that they did, I just watched the little clip of um the short film. hmm I forgot Ooh. what Matt Lang looked like. <laughs> 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 like I know what Nick Lang looks like. I forgot what Matt Lang looks like and went really? really (laughs) (laughs) oh my
0: gosh so um the guy who didn't like musicals the showings were October 11th to November 4th of 2018 but it came out on December 23rd of 2018
1: yeah so instead of being with my family I was definitely watching it on like what that would have been two nights before Christmas day yeah yeah, that's exactly what I was doing. I remember the guy who didn't like musicals premiere, and I remember um, was it Firebringer that was premiered on New Year's Eve?
0: I think it was Firebringer. Um, let me actually check that real fast
1: because I remember watching it, and my friend Cassidy, love her, cause we still love Cassidy, if she doesn't understand my StarKid obsession, and I remember her staying over at my place and me being like, no, we are watching this. Sorry, the ball just dropped. It's Starkid time now.
0: It was on New Year's of 2017.
1: Yeah, it happened like right as the ball dropped. Ding, ding, ding. Oh
0: my god.
1: Yeah, wait, so 2018? Or 2019? No,
0: it was January 1st. 2017
1: 2017 so what i would have been a freshman or sophomore in high school
0: i would have been a fresh on. Well, i'm doing my math i would have been 14 i would have been so 16 that would year have been junior yep sophomore to yeah. junior so that that would have been the year that um avant-garde theatricals did AVPM. So yeah, yeah, we are right in that era of me starting my Star Kid journey.
1: <laughs> my yeah. Star Kid journey's weird. Same, honestly. <laughs> You know, I went from being bullied about it to talking about it on my podcast multiple times and seeing one of the shows live, like, with a non-StarKid audience. In a very short amount of time. Wow. Not really. I was bullied about it in middle school, like, eighth grade. Wow. Because who could ever make a musical (laughs) about Harry Potter? Mind you, this was the same girl that was watching Glee at the time and crushing over Darren Criss. Who was Harry freaking Potter. Exactly. You're Harry freaking Potter. Oh my god. Anyway, Hatchet Hatchetfield hatchet so i know we talked about this earlier but i'm not sure many people know this i just remember nick lane talking about this in some stream because i would just listen to the streams in the background of me doing like homework or whatever
0: Mm -hmm.
1: um him talking about the start of the hatchet field stuff and it being him writing a little show called nerdy prudes must die And then he wrote The Guy Who Didn't Like Musicals and then Black Friday. But then decided to release Musicals first because we're going to shorten this name.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Musicals.
1: The guy who... The guy who? The guy. (laughs) Yeah. And then Black Friday was released and then Nerdy Prudes now. And... Honestly, like, knowing that going into Nerdy Prudes, there were things I picked up that, like, were like, oh, this would have been an interesting prequel for these other two. So starting off with that,
0: if you have not seen anything when it comes to the Hatchetfield series at all, please stop this episode and go check out the starting Prudes There are going to be huge spoilers for Nerdy Prudes Must Die. By the time this episode comes out, Workin' Boys will be available on the StarKid channel starting around 30. They
1: haven't said when they're releasing it on the channel. They...
0: At least Nick was saying
1: that in the stream. Hold on real fast. Let me fact
0: check this real quickly. Um, because when they released that trailer, in the description, they said a release date. So give me just a sec. Please don't play the audio. I don't want us copywritten. Thank you. Um, 30 minutes short film, blah, 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 blah. blah. Yeah, miss. Oh, it's
1: an hour and a half long. And then I'm like, wait, that was it? (laughs) (laughs) oh no
0: here we go um to be clear the star kid 10 Anniversary kickstarter backers will not need to buy a ticket for the hatchet field um okay so the hatchet field um halloween party people it'll be available until the 30th the people who backed the anniversary will get a free link on the thirtieth for the entirety of it. I could have sworn they made an announcement about it.
1: Yeah, because Nick said in the stream because I watched a little bit of it afterwards that he uh-huh. wasn't that they didn't have a planned public YouTube release date yet.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Okay, that makes more sense, honestly. Yeah. My guess is they'll announce it for like a New Year's Eve drop or something like that.
0: Yeah, it'll it'll be probably out around December if not like February around that time. Yeah. Which honestly would make sense. Which um
1: spoiler alert, I think and I don't want to compare the two actors, but I really liked Jeff's pigeons. Yes, it was so unhinged. That's <laughs> what I said to Sean, who hasn't seen it yet. And he went, that's all of Jeff's characters, Emma. Went, Literally. You're from not the first, wrong.
0: From the first actual thing that I fully saw him in, that man is the most unhinged actor i have ever seen and i love every second of it
1: yeah but anyway should we get into the first show
0: yes of many let's start with guys who didn't like musicals let's go
1: so for those of you who have not seen the guys who didn't like musicals that are still here why are you here go watch it especially since we've already done an episode awesome. about that musical
0: Plus, it came out in 2018. What are
1: you doing? Exactly. There are so many quotable things (laughs) from this one specifically that are on TikTok. What the fuck are you doing with your life? Exactly. Sing the beginning of Moana. 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 Make way, make way. It's the circle.
0: I hated that musical. <laughs> anyway, oh.
1: the synopsis is Paul Matthews can't stand musicals. And then one day, he wakes up to find his dad infectiously singing and dancing. And he and a small group of survivors try to fight their way out. The cast Thanks, inco- Mamma Mia. Yeah. The cast included John <laughs> Ma- Madison as Paul. Lauren Lopez as Emma Perkins, Donna Daggett, who comes back a bunch. Both of those characters do. But Donna somehow makes more appearances and finally gets a on stage appearance. Her voice makes more appearances than on stage. Yeah. Still. Um, Joey Richter as Ted, Dan, Reynolds, who is the other host guy rod and ensemble who is rod hold on (laughs) i don't remember is rod his um is it the homeless guy is it the home no so i may not have a home okay because i prefer to roam (laughs)
0: the <laughs> streets my house. The dogs are my food. Hey, <laughs> look a new uh, Let's see real fast. Um, Rod. Actually, no, it's not the same person because homeless meant it's the morning Clivesdale news guy.
1: Then who's Dan?
0: I thought it was Dan and Donna. No, that's Rod. Uh, Dan is. Let me see real fast. Dan Reynolds is the Field Morning Capo News broadcaster.
1: Oh, and Ron is the Ed one. Okay, there we go. Oh God. Jamie Lynn Beatty as Charlotte, Nora, Deb, Colonel Schaefer, and Ensemble. Corey Davis as <laughs> bill and ensemble robert Mannion as professor higgins pete question mark and ensemble question mark he was just labeled
0: as hot chocolate boy at the time um and considering the recast i'm not sure if he's
1: technically considered pete <laughs> yeah um uh, mariah rose Faith as melissa zoe chambers greenpeace girl alice woodward and Doug. Doug. (laughs) Jeff Blim as Mr. K. Davidson, Sam Sweetly, General John McNamara, who I was surprised was not in this one. The newest one. Yeah.
0: I'm very surprised about that.
1: And Ensemble.
0: Wait. Did Paul wear a watch in this universe for Nerdy Prudes? I don't remember. I don't remember either.
1: That could be why. But one of the kids could have not been wearing one. Because he does it to yes, Lex. But it's always cool. No, he did it to Lex in Black Friday. Oh, yeah, he did do it to Lex. Hold on, I'm going to he that scene.
0: It. I am too. <laughs> Oh my god, I can't. I love the fact that in my recommended right now, the very first video is Nightmare Time 2 Episode 4, Yellow Jacket.
1: (laughs) He's wearing a suit, so I can't tell.
0: Hold on.
1: Show his arm. Kurt Mega, why did you film it like this? Because you know that Kurt helped direct the video, right? Yes. I don't think he is.
0: I am double checking, just so that we have all of our bases. Joey, I
1: love watching Joey on mute
0: in this scene. Yes, yeah, it's so funny. I'm sorry. Take your hands out of your pocket, John.
1: (laughs) John. Also, I love how he was his student until then happened. Yeah.
0: Wait, hold on. Wait, Joey's wearing a watch. Joey's wearing a watch. That is why General McNamara is not in this musical. (laughs) That's it. It's official. (laughs) If the
1: leading man is wearing a watch, well, Lex was not the leading man. And he yeah, but I Ethan heard.
0: wasn't wearing a watch either. And neither was Tim, right? We know Tim was wearing a watch.
1: Yeah. Because
0: he did the countdown. Okay. Then just if the lead is wearing a watch.
1: <laughs> but anyway. I don't know, like, I kind of wish- Well, and this is getting into more nerdy prudes. Ugh.
0: The downworld spiral begins.
1: <laughs> I know. Um, And I don't want to compare them, but, like, there were two people that are in this cast that I really missed.
0: I missed Jamie a lot. I missed Jamie and Jeff. Yeah. Well, Jeff had a small cameo. But
1: oh, it wasn't I forgot mention his most important role in the guy who didn't like musicals. It started this downward spiral of him being in every single Hatchetfield as a cameo. <laughs> and that man is in man in a hurry. Hurry. you know, you know what my other favorite thing is is any of the Hatchetfield shows where Corey and Mariah are both in it. They're playing father and daughter. Yes,
0: they are. Yeah, and it's iconic every time. And or... Corey
1: always dies.
0: Yes, but Corey is always were- playing a father type figure, including in Black
1: Friday, where yeah. he was, you know, the the. And I mean, his um character in Black Friday became a literal father in Nightmare Time. Oh yeah. <laughs> We don't forget Sherman Young and Daddy. No. We're just going to skip over Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, but no. I love the constants that are in the Hatchetfield stuff. There's always a constant
0: whenever it comes to these shows. Yeah, blank like theater.
1: Emma and Paul make an appearance in every single one.
0: Yes. General McNamara mostly shows up at times, unless it's, you know, or time. He and showed nerdy up. Like, prudes. Yeah, in Nerdy Prudes. He showed up he in showed one up, of them though. He
1: showed up a couple in a couple of them because I did the yeah. cast for both and he's General John in both. Yeah. Also I went to a school with a kid whose last name was McNamara so every single time I see general John McNamara for StarKid I think of him even though his name was Michael Michael
0: McNamara
1: yeah <laughs> and kids going to school to be uh or is getting his doctorate in directing right amazing. now amazing does he yeah. wear a watch I don't know he did he in should. high school he would have been considered part of um and needless to say, I would have too been considered part of um what is pete Pete's gang, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: especially through high school, oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not well, and we'll get into it. No, but I love like the things that the guy who didn't like musical sets up. Yes, it's it's hard to
0: say that it feels fresh whenever it comes to Star Kid stuff, but it kinda does, if that makes yeah, any sense. It does.
1: And yeah. I think it's still to this day one of my favorite, if not in my top three Star Kids.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Like the that's writing including AVPM and like some of the originals for me wow yeah like I-, I
0: can definitely understand that because the writing is stellar the music is amazing even the backing you know track whenever it comes to the music in general just instrumentally it is so well put together like yeah everyone just put- did a
1: great team. job Yes, Jeff I think Jeff is amazing. like honestly one of my favorite Starkid composers and lyricists. Exactly. Like,
0: this trail way.
1: also has a lot of yeah. great stuff. Yeah, yeah, you are right. Like, it's just
0: so good, and mm, he yeah. needs way more praise.
1: Yeah, <laughs> he really does. Yeah, no, but. And honestly, I think my favorite Corey performance was in Nerdy Pruits. Yeah. I really liked his performance in Nerdy Again, I I don't want to compare them. Yeah, I I, honestly,
0: it's the same with me because like I absolutely adore Mariah Rose Faith. Amazing actress in general, but I cannot compare her performance as Alice to Steph no like there is no way
1: I was surprised Alice didn't make an appearance well she's she's Clydesdale true (laughs) but still
0: why would she be in Hatchetfield she only shows up one week
1: a month to visit her dad true true but still you know
0: the only one that I would have been like not surprised showing up is Deb. From that group. Yeah. Because well, she went to um Hatchetfield, right? Yeah, because that's, that's where, where Yeah, because that's it the entire well. reason why Alice that's the entire reason why Alice stayed was At to be with Deb.
1: Yeah. But still, I'm surprised that she wasn't in there. I'm
0: not. I'm really not, honestly. Especially with how much pure hatred the kids from Hackerville High have for
1: Clivesdale. Well, like, the first introduction we really got to Grace Chastity was because of Alice. That is very true. That is very true. So, like, even if she's not a main character, like, I'm not saying that I wanted her as a main character, but, like, as a cameo? Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, but I loved... So, what? So, the original one, so, Guy Who Didn't Like Musicals only had one new Starkid. No, two new Starkids. Two new star kids. Because Mariah and John. Yeah. Yeah. Because
0: Robert had been in things in the past. He had been in Twisted.
1: Yeah, he had been in Twisted. Yes, you are right. And he was... I I don't want to say stage management. Not stage management. Some sort of crew for Firebringer. Yes. Yes. And he, he was part of that weird contest thing that they did you remember oh that? yeah for those you yeah. don't know when they were making a very potter senior year they would like, put out like two different contests one was for songwriting and one was for costume design for a character star kid hadn't used yet in the potter series And I think Robert did Aragog and um, a song for Harry and Draco. Actually, funny enough, neither of which are used in the actual show. They ended up going with their own people instead of using the fan-submitted one. But that's how they met him. Wow. And they flew him out from Australia for senior year. Oh my god. I totally forgot about that.
0: I completely forgot about that.
1: Yeah, but Robert is who introduced Mariah and John to Starkid, if I remember correctly. I think you're right, yeah. At least John, because John had just moved to LA and moved in with Robert. hmm I think- mm-hmm. I don't know about Mariah, because I think she was in Starry. Wasn't she in the Starry cast? She might have been. Hold- for, for sure. at least, like, for early screenings, which had a bunch of star kids. I mean, the lead of it, Van, the guy who played Van Gogh was Dumbledore himself.
0: Exactly. Let me actually check and see.
1: Um, if I remember correctly, that's how she met Jamie and Jeff. I think you
0: are cor- correct. Uh, get her acting website up. that is what i'm doing funny enough uh yes she was
1: okay yes you are correct yeah and i
0: (laughs) yeah yeah so because she played joe she played joe
1: okay no, but something I was about to say was so in. Oh, what is it called? Fantastic Geeks and Where to Find Them. Um, Tessa Netting and Brizzy Voices podcast that they have together. They did a Starkid yes. episode talking, and one of the questions, and they had Lauren and Joey on it. This was mm-hmm. like it was coming out the week of the ten anniversary. Oh wow! So, like, obviously they filmed it way in advance because they would have been very busy during his anniversary. But they were talking about, like, oh, what was your favorite role that the other has done? And I remember them saying Mm -hmm. that it was Joey's track intro to Oregon for him. I think my favorite role Jeff has done is his track in the guy who didn't like musicals. Because he gets more deranged. Yes, his track is amazing. He gets more and more deranged. Unhinged
0: Unhinged every single time he's on stage, especially whenever it's the very last time you see General McNamara.
1: Yeah. No, but have you heard the story (laughs) of um, when he got food poisoning during a performance of the guy who didn't like musicals? Yes! (laughs) He did, so he was like definitely because you know, it's the same it was like the same week that Lauren was had food food poisoning and was out of the show and Nick had to go on for Emma
0: which that I still absolutely adore the tiny videos we have of those performances.
1: <laughs> which did you notice that they so I was on their Wikipedia page for Nerdy Proofs and they had understudies for that one I did not know that. There were two people for understudies. I think two of them were, like, cameo roles. I forget who exactly. I didn't put it in our list on the notes. Uh, Let me actually... But it was for, I believe, Pete and, um, Steph. Um, let me see real fast. Um... But anyway... For those of you who don't know, Stark had like, got deathly ill during the guy Who Didn't Like Musicals initial run. And Jeff got food poisoning and had to, like, throw up. But he was being zombified because he had just been killed. Wait. Was it when they had ripped out his heart as Sam? I Yeah, I think so. And he's just supposed to be dead in the chair until, like, it's just Charlotte on stage. And he just walked up in the middle of their scene where they're doing the whole Moana bit and all that. And everyone left her on stage to just deal with it. Like, Joey went, I'm not going to add him, And like, ditched her. And he's the oh. last one to leave in that scene. Oh my God. Did you hear about that part of it? Because it's my favorite part. I did not. Wow. Because everyone left when they they were supposed to and Joey looked back, saw that Jeff wasn't back yet, and went. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> and ran. No, but the day that Nick oh, ended up having to go on, I guess in a previous channel, I believe it might have been Starship or like it was one of the early ones, like in the Starship suit batman era Mm -hmm. um and they he i guess someone had called out sick and then they were all well and they like had gotten him up until like 10 minutes before the show started that he was going on for the role in whatever Mm -hmm. whatever was batman or whoever it was and he thought that they were doing that to him again until oh it God. turned out that Lauren Lopez was in a corner of the um, dressing room throwing up in the background. God. Where and did he, y'all eat? I don't know. <laughs> and I think it was the night that like Darren Chris, or someone was in the audience and Nick hates the fact that whoever it was couldn't see lauren as the role because obviously they write all these roles with one person in mind yeah exactly that oh <laughs> that breaks my heart what's your favorite the guy who didn't like musical song Ooh.
0: so not your seed is just an angsty little oh, love little that song perfect. To i have though
1: like ending 30 bars as an audition cut
0: that is so valid honestly
1: where like it goes from the fa- the slow to the fast until the end
0: yeah yeah it shows off a pretty good amount of range honestly
1: yeah, yeah it's in my book i love that song
0: but i don't know if that's my but... favorite song in that show Exactly, because the other one I will say, it's uh, Join Us and Die. Because, I was literally just oh, about, it is time to die. Like, literally, Jamie belts her face off. Yeah. So quickly in the beginning of that song. It is amazing and i hate that the cast recording does not include her alien like scream at the end of that song yeah. and jeff
1: gets his face blown off um yeah <laughs> another funny like the guy who didn't make like musicals blooper that i like ha- remember one of the live streams talking about is how they had to digitally put Jeff's face from a pre-, a pre another night that they recorded onto the opening numbers. Jeff's face because he said the wrong name of the lead of the show he helped to write during the opening number. That is amazing, but the better take was the one where he messed up. So they just digitally put his face over his face.
0: <laughs> Amazing! Which, like, I never
1: knew until finding out about it.
0: Yeah, honestly, you can't tell. Mm-mm.
1: Jeff didn't even notice. Oh my god! Until Nick told him, <sighs> I think it was during the ten anniversary streams.
0: Oh, that's amazing!
1: <laughs> Speaking of the ten anniversary, should we talk about what the ten anniversary helped back? Kind of. Yes. So Black Friday. Black Friday, which the synopsis is, when a hot new toy incites riots on Black Friday, the shoppers of Hatchetfield's Lakeside Mall must battle the brainwashed followers of godlike being wiggly as pandemonium grips the world also i've never seen the word pandemonium used in like a sentence <laughs> yeah well no in a sentence except for life is pandemonium
0: it's such a weird word spelled out
1: <laughs> oh it's so weird and i've like sung that song before for a. Uh... Like, in my, like, theater class, we did, like, a musical theater unit, and that's the song that my group chose.
0: Oh, my God. Because they separated (laughs) us
1: into, how many kids are there? Like, six? Yeah. They separated us out into, like, groups of seven with the director and the costumer included, the the choreographer and the costumer included. Wow. Or eight. So, six of us were acting in it. I was olive oh wow and pandemonium oh my god which olive doesn't really do much in that song yeah it's mostly the boys Surely. yeah okay so the cast includes mr dylan saunders coming back from his little hiatus from star kid Because you know he was Van Gogh in Starry.
0: Exactly. And it was so worth it for him to come back because I can see no one else as Tom Houston.
1: Same. Kim Wallen as Becky Barnes. Which every (laughs) single time I see that name I have to stop myself from saying Bucky Barnes. Oh god. (laughs) Which according to Nick they didn't do on purpose. I I beg to differ honestly i don't know i don't
0: know i don't think they did <laughs> <laughs> and emma is giving me the face trademark
1: <laughs> kim wallen was a newcomer um same with Kendall nicole who was tim houston and hannah foster so the two kids it was the first time they got like a 13 year old and a star show She's still the youngest StarKid member to this day now. Wow. It was Mariah. Oh, oh, wow. Mariah was the youngest one until Kindle. Wow. And Robert was the youngest one before Mariah.
0: She's two years younger than me? <laughs> She's
1: only 18? I could believe that. Wow. That is insane. And you know how they met her, right? How? Another newcomer to StarKid was her acting coach. Oh, wow. We'll get into him later. How do you pronounce this next one's last name? Uh... Angela as Lex Foster.
0: <laughs> Angela is also a newcomer, but she has been seen a
1: lot on the Smosh channel. Yes. Um, Lauren Lopez, of course, as Emma Perkins, Linda Monroe, and Jingle. That's right. Robert <laughs> Mannion as Ethan Green Chris Kringle and Evil Ethan John Madison as Wiggly, Paul Matthews and Ensemble Jeff Blim as John, General John McNamara and is Kay Davidson really in this one? Um, That's what it's saying and I, don't I know the that. guy in a, the, the man in a hurry is that must be who StarKid Wikipedia was mixing up because Man a Harry a is in Feast or Famine, yeah. So unless Davidson is his shopper, um, I will say Black Friday is my least favorite. The Hatchet Field stuff, so I don't know as well. That
0: is strange because I do not remember um, him being. Oh, okay. It's it's in "What If Tomorrow Comes" as one of the ghosts of Hatchet Field. Ah okay that's what it is
1: ensemble and man in a hurry obviously um joey richter as uncle wiley and ensemble kurt mega as president howard goodman and ed cory davis uh or cory doris as frank pricely mr humbugger and bill woodward jamie lynn Beatty as sherman young Secretary of State and Ensemble, and James Tolbert as Ensemble. Um. So Kurt Mega was Kendall's acting coach. Oh, and he had met some of the striking members makes sense. through. Um, she was the producer, Mary Kate Wiles. Wow. It
0: all comes together. Because
1: I think he because I remember him being in something before Spies with her.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to remember.
1: Because because um, Joey and Miles or yeah, Joey Richter and Mary Kate wiles was in um stuff like muzzled Mm
0: -hmm.
1: which let me tell you i had such a chokehold on muzzled because of like lauren lopez and joey richter and all of them in it i Mm rewatched it the other day and it's not as good as i remember hot take
0: it says here on his uh wiki by the way that uh kurt met the star kids through darren because of glee
1: that's right because he was one of the war, war wars with darren yep yep that's what it was they- <laughs> no here's what it was i remember this now so mary kate wiles had met joey and lauren and maybe someone else doing muzzled I was on a married. Yes, muzzled the musical. Kid. Yeah. And then Yes. they would go to Geeky Cons in Orlando together mm-hmm. to do muzzled stuff, but also so Joey and Lauren could do Star Kid stuff. And then Kurt was there for Glee stuff. So then they all started hanging out backstage, and that's how they all got to know each other. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> and then the Tin Can Rose, so Joey. Brian Rosenthal, and um, Corey Lubowitch, he, or they all um, reached out to Kurt Megan and was like, hey, yo, your name is really cool. Can we use it in our spy musical? And that's how Totally Spies started. Yeah. 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 Yet again, it all
0: comes together.
1: (laughs) And then of course, Kim Wallen is Kurt's wife. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they met Angela, was she the only new, um? And James, I don't know how they met James. I'm not sure either, honestly. Like, let me. I'll look up James Tolbert, and you look up Angela. Of course. Um. Oh, let's see how they I figured met out Angela. how they met James. Um. So James went to school with them at the University of Michigan, and he was a choreographer for Starkid for a while before being seen on stage in Black Friday. Skylar? Yeah. So James was the choreographer for a Harry Potter sequel in 2010, Twisted in 2013, the guy who didn't like musicals in 2018, and then he was on stage in Black Friday. Oh. But he... Graduated from U of M with the Star Kids. See
0: on here, um, it says Angela graduated from UCLA.
1: Okay. They all graduated from the University of Michigan. Probably how? Yeah.
0: I'm trying to think how she. They're like. So she's part of Smosh, right? She became a part of Smosh in 2022.
1: Oh, so not even... So it would have
0: been after Black Friday. Yeah. I
1: don't know, man. Oh, so yeah, Peep was not in this one at all. Oh. Because Peep's in the other two. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh,
0: okay. Um, She was in Assassins at UCLA, which is probably how Starkid found her.
1: Okay. You see, I'm also seeing that she was in um a lot of Nickelodeon shows, and I know that Joey did a lot of Nickelodeon and Disney for a while there.
0: Yes. Plus, she was also in. Uh, I'm trying to remember what's the other thing. Um, she was in Two Broke Girls as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. That's but either way, sense. yeah, it, it just she's such a good Lex.
1: Yeah. Ooh, Kendall is a student of class of twenty um 2026 at Belmont University. Oh, Kurt Mega has been her acting coach since she was nine. Oh, God. Wow. So, and I didn't talk wow. about this earlier, but I'm going to bring her up Again, Lauren Lopez's Hatchetfield student, in guy who didn't like musicals, wearing that same yellow and black striped shirt that she's wearing in Nerdy Prudes. Yeah. Does the Hatchetfield bee now have a name? I'm. Question marking hello hello okay um but yeah honestly and again i didn't want to compare roles of previous arcad shows for these characters but ethan green will always be my favorite robert Mannion role
0: yes absolutely ethan is such a well put together character so well-rounded and honestly, the first time that I watched the musical, I actually cried when he died.
1: Well, I, I think about that one scene. I forget which Nightmare Time short it is, which we have all the shorts synopsises here. Was it Yellow Jacket? It might have been Yellow Jacket. Is it the Mendel yes. one? Yep. But, um, I'll just think about that. And, like, I love Mariah Rose Faith, and I'm very happy that she was able to do that, um, do the Mean Girls tour when she was. And mm-hmm. I love Angela, and I love Angela's performance as Lex. But I wonder how different the character would have been with Mariah. I feel like... Angela
0: still brings that teen angst out. Yeah. Of Lex big time. Um I feel like um if Mariah was able to uh perform as Lex uh she would have been a bit more abrasive and brash. Yeah. Compared to the Wall Pessimistic still semi-optimistic, rose-colored glasses portrayal that Angela has as Lex.
1: Yeah. And I love Becky Barnes.
0: Absolutely love her.
1: I love her. And honestly, and I love Working Poise, I think the only thing that would have made it better is if they hadn't cast... Dylan, as the role he now is, which we'll get into in a little bit.
0: Yes. And have
1: it be Becky and him on a date together rather than her teacher and the cop. Yeah.
0: But on the topic of Black Friday, still, can we talk about our one and only Linda Monroe?
1: Love her. I think it's one of my favorite (laughs) Lauren roles. Yes. No, Gerald, you can't go within.
0: <laughs> yeah. Not the Cinnabon. Get a Cinnabon. Get you a Cinnabon. <laughs> oh, now you
1: want to wait in the car. <laughs> no, but I love Hannah Foster as well
0: absolutely
1: that role i will say kendall has such
0: an amazing voice and while yes i understand that they were supposed to keep hannah to be extremely shy and to herself especially whenever it came to her with webby yeah the fact that the only time you hear this girl's gorgeous voice is a
1: single song at the end yeah It makes me sad, and I wish we got more of her. And we kind of do, but she didn't come back for it, I believe. Yeah, she did not. Who played that role, then? It was... Hold on, I want you to guess. I think it was Lauren, wasn't it? It was Lauren. Yeah. But because like, Lauren
0: stepped
1: in. I don't know. Yeah. I have a funny thing because, again, I was. Wa- did you watch any of this stream or did you just watch Working Boys?
0: I just watched Working Boys because
1: I did not have time to watch
0: the entire stream.
1: I didn't have time to watch the entire stream either. However, there's a really funny moment where. Nick is talking about how he thinks that the only person who auditioned that did not get in the cast of Working Boys was Linda Monroe, which is why she's hate-watching it in the audience.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is so on her!
1: Isn't that, like, so Linda Monroe, though?
0: That is. She would be hate watching it the entire time and then, like, midway through, just contact
1: Gerald to talk shit about it. Well, Gerald was sitting right next to her with another box of wine.
0: Oh, yeah! (laughs) The box wine.
1: Which is funny because I like that brand of box wine. So when they pulled it out, I was like, oh, I know that brand. I know that brand. I think I have some in my fridge right now.
0: Do not. (laughs) You say that as you
1: chug back your cup of wine. Also, Uh... when do we get a last name for Ted? I know that this is going into... Nightmare Time 1. Because when I was looking up the, like, Wikipedia thing, it gave me the last name it gave me, and I want to talk about the implications of it when we get to Nerdy Prudes.
0: Yes. Okay. We will hold that off until Nerdy Prudes, done.
1: Yeah. Um... Or even when we get into Nightmare Time One, because I'll probably mention it then because that's when I first started seeing last name. So it could have been the first Nerdy Broods.
0: When we get his time traveling
1: story, when we get his name. It's all your fault.
0: (laughs) It's all his fault. (laughs) We'll discuss that once we get closer (laughs) to nightmare time. You see, it's not just his fault, though. I'm blaming it on him. I don't care.
1: I kind of thought that they were going in a different direction with Black Friday, though. Like, so I... Where were you thinking? Well, like... I don't even know how to describe this. So, and I think I told you this earlier... But I was getting very much Stranger Mm -hmm. Things energy from Nerdy Prudes. Yes. And honestly, same with Black Friday. Mm -hmm. Specifically with Hannah as a character. Yes. Because she pretty- well, not really, but like, whatever. She's 11. She's season 111.
0: (laughs) She's season 111. (laughs) Tell me I'm wrong. She's just autistic, Emma.
1: (laughs) We get into Nightmare Time and she has powers, though. Yes, yes. I
0: understand she can reach into the black and white. But...
1: It's the tism. But it's... all. Are you saying Eleven doesn't have autism? Well... (laughs) She probably does. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. So, I thought they were going more Stranger Things with it than what happened, where we were going to get, like, more Stranger Things slash fairies, where we were going to get random kids that had random powers Mm -hmm. to stop whatever the fuck is going on in Hatchetfield.
0: But, mind you, Hatchetfield gets no happy endings.
1: True. True. They're in a time loop. They are in a time loop. Where some might say... A time warp.
0: Get out!
1: This is my fucking podcast. This is my podcast, girl.
0: (laughs) hang up this call right now <laughs> I thought you were gonna say time
1: curse at first <laughs> well since Mm-mm. we're talking about nightmare time <laughs> should we talk about nightmare time one yes we and should how jump do we into want that. to talk about them because for those of you who don't know it's six tales within the Hatchetfield universe in both of them and I don't have things to say for every single one of them.
0: We should just go about the synopsises for synopsis C, synopsis people, um, synopsis C's, um, <laughs> for each section, and then go from there whenever it comes to notes. Okay.
1: I I love the description of Ted under time bastard. Yes. <laughs> Mind you, all of these are from Star Kids Wikipedia page, so not written <laughs> by me. Lucy Stockworth, um, so the first one was the Hap Hatchet Field Ape Man. And the synopsis is Lucy Stockworth, an English Duchess who visits Hatchet Field every year in search of the mythic woolly foot, is about to give up on the hunt. When she meets a reclusive biology professor who's made a startling discovery. The second one was Watcher World. Bill and Alice Woodward head for a day of daddy-daughter bonding at Watcher World, an aging amusement park on the edge of Hatchetfield, where there's more to this frightening fun than meets the eye. Probably my favorite one in the first set, Forever and Always. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul Matthews and Emma Perkins are getting married, but before they tie the knot, the happy couple must come to terms with a terrible secret from Emma's dark past. Time Bastard, Ted, the horny bastard from CCRP's technical department, discovers that his time machine, or his office is a time machine. I almost said his time machine is an office, and that would have made no sense. That would have made absolutely no sense. Congratulations, Emma. (laughs) Hold on. I'm going to scream at the marching chiefs for one second. Go to bed. You have been practicing since (laughs) I got off of work at 3 p.m. And it's 640 or it's 943. That's seven hours of you guys playing music. Oh, my God. I think they took a break because when I went to go get Chick-fil-A, I saw a bunch of the band members. Mm. But it is the night before homecoming game. Wow. But my apartment is probably like less than a seven minute walk from where they practice. Oh my god. So I can hear them. Um, Anyway. (laughs) Jane's a car. After a year and a half of repairs, Widower Tom Houston is reunited with his newly restored 1986 Fox body Mustang, only to find that the car now carries a ghostly passenger. And finally, the witch in the web. When Hannah Foster's dreams are haunted by an evil witch and her friend Webby goes missing, she'll need the help of a mysterious woman with strange powers to escape her own nightmare time. Roll credits, they said the title. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out what their show is from whatever music I'm hearing, because I think they're practicing their show for tomorrow. Now, mind you, I have, like, software in here, so you guys can't pick up on it, so I'm the only one hearing the band, so I probably sound insane. Um... (laughs) But mind you. I was
0: actually trying to listen for it too. I was like where's the marching band?
1: There is no marching band. It's in your head. (laughs) Mind you, last week they did a Broadway show I'm pretty sure because I heard them practicing Phantom of the Opera and People. Oh wow. Like from Funny Girl. Wow. Okay. It was the strangest show. I understand Phantom if you're doing a spooky musical thing. But people... Yeah, but funny girl... I also could have been imagining the funny girl part, but I definitely heard Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, that's iconic. There's no way you could miss yeah. that. But people kind of sounds like every other song. Yeah. Um, anyway, the cast included Angela... <laughs> As Duchess Lucy Stockworth Sniglet, um, Beth, Lex Foster, and Willabella Mukwab. Corey Doris as Bill Woodward, office guy, and ensemble. Kurt Mega as Jonathan Brisby, Kurtz Sniggle, Craig, and Duke Keen. Dylan Saunders as Tim Houston, and ensemble. Jamie Lynn Beatty as Charlotte, Jane Perkins, Pamela Foster, Three Girl Creature, and Ensemble. James Tolbert as Blinky, Snigelots, Barker, and Ensemble. Jeff Blim as Chummy, Papa Sniggle, Man in a Hurry, Cowboy, Bartender, (laughs) Mr. K. Davidson, Tinky, Andrew Kilgore, Tape Voice, The Witch in the Web, and voice number four. That's 11 rolls. Dear Lord, Jeff. <laughs> this is why he took a break for Nerdy Prudes. That right there. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Joey Richter as Dan Reynolds. Ted Spankowski, according to Starkid's, um Wikipedia page. Please keep that in mind. Please keep that in mind. Uncle Wiley, director, Cin- um Cineplex Teen, Obnoxious Teen, Wilbur Cross, and Dan Reynolds. John Madison as Paul Perkins. Say it with me, everyone. This is what? Wow. This, he, Paul and Emma are the 3PO and R2 of the Hatchfield universe. They are. No matter what, they're always in it. They have to be. Kendall Nicole as Tim Houston and Hannah Foster, Kim Wallen as Sylvia, Jenny, Becky Barnes, and Miss Holloway, Lauren Lopez as Donna Daggett, Snigley, Mother, Allison, Madam Iris, Emma Perkins slash Matthews, Jacqueline Frost, and Ensemble. Wow. So at least eight roles. Probably more because we have Ensemble. Mariah Rose-Faith as Alice Woodward, Doug, Webby, Casey, and Ensemble. Nick Lang as Rupert and Employee Number 2. And Robert Mannion as Professor Henry Hitchens, Ethan Green, Tony Green, and Ensemble. All righty.
0: So which episodes do you have notes on?
1: I mean, I've probably seen all of these like once or twice, if that. Um, I have not okay. seen these in a while. Hello? There Hello. we go. I can hear you again. Okay. Um, I have not seen these in a while, I will admit. Probably the two that I remember the most are Forever and Always and Time Bastard from this set. Yeah. Which I feel like are probably the two more important ones from this set. Yeah. No offense to the others, but... Just from
0: this set alone, yeah. These two are honestly the more important ones like the witch in the web is important but it's but i feel like the other hannah foster
1: and lex foster one is more important
0: i was just about to say that it that one is way more important
1: though because so there's one scene from this one that i remember a lot and it's only because of um tiktok reminding me it last night when i was looking up nightmare time stuff just so like so i could get tiktok's perspective of stuff um Uh was robert mannion as um ethan in this one or in that one yeah and him being like i love you lex and her not saying it back to him and him being sad when they leave him exactly Exactly. But should we talk about Ted?
0: Yes, let's talk about Ted Spinkovsky.
1: Yeah. Which would have been weird. Okay, we'll get into it with Nerdy Prudes later. Yes. But anyway. Oh, yeah. and I forgot that episode two was the two of them that I remember the most. Yeah.
0: Interesting. This is a great example of the butterfly effect right here. <laughs> Just the entirety of Time Bastard is a huge butterfly effect.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Also, can we talk about how he um flirts with Emma at her own wedding? yes that is in the synopsis the full one i read and charlotte why (laughs) well he flirts with her already yeah but like
0: she's already rejected you
1: um in a different time loop probably
0: Shit. yeah yeah you're right you are right i am right you are correct of course you are emma (laughs)
1: yeah but I don't know I just I don't know I think this is when we start getting getting into the timely whimely stuff of the hatchetfield things and the Peter Parkery stuff where it's like who broke the multiverse of Hatchetfield. Was it you, Spider-Man? Was it you, Doctor Strange? It was Ted
0: Koski. No, it was Ted. It was all Ted's fault.
1: It's all your fault, Ted. I'd say that and one other person.
0: Would you like to elaborate, Emma? Uh, Not until we get into the last show. Okay, okay. So where do you want to start with Time Bastard?
1: I don't even know. Um, I don't even know how to describe it. Like I do, but I don't. Yeah, I just, I, I just think it's the start of ripping the multiverse of Hatchetfield.
0: Yeah, we didn't really go into the in depthness of the black and white. I think
1: we would. Yeah. Since we meet the lords of it in the last one.
0: Yeah. So, well, technically, one of our lords in black is a part of
1: this one.
0: True. So.
1: Yeah, let's talk about it.
0: Okay. So, the black and white... ...is the only thing that really fully connects all of these like different timelines and universes and everything. Think of it, I hate comparing it to the Spider-Verse. But it is a bunch of branching timelines and universes that all connect together in different tiny interconnecting ways. Emma and Paul are always a part of it... You know, we have some reoccurring characters here and there, but not everything is the same in every single universe. Yeah. And that is also touched on in Time Bastard, because if you don't know what the butterfly effect is, um, which I would be very surprised about, considering how much it's used in media. Um But basically, I'm just going to say what it is. It's the property of chaotic systems, which means that by a small change in an initial condition, it can lead to a large scale and unpredictable variation in the future state of said system. So that can be anything from, I'm saying screw it and using life is strange as a good example of this. That can be anything from stopping someone from shooting a gun off to moving them out of the way of an oncoming train. Anything from that spectrum, even a small amount of something, it can cause a ripple in time. Yeah. Destruction of your own timeline. And you don't want that happening. No. No. Especially if you create a paradox.
1: I'm looking at you, um, Grace.
0: Exactly.
1: Also, I figured out how the two are related. Oh? Of Ted and Pete. How about you share with the uh, audience real fast? So according to, say it with me, the StarKid Wikipedia page, <laughs> yeah. Bill Woodward, so Corey Doris's character, refers to Pete as Ted's nerdy little brother. Mm-hmm. This shows how much I've seen the the Nightmare Time things. Because I was like, oh! Yep.
0: Yep, I was waiting for you to come to that realization (laughs) on this.
1: When does that happen? When do we... Huh? When do we find that out? I'm trying to remember. I think it's... Hmm... Is it during nightmare time too the abstinence camp because that's the only one that he's in during. I think time. it is abstinence camp. Yeah, I think it is
0: during abstinence camp. Okay.
1: Yeah. But, yeah, because I remember before I'm Nightmare Time sure 2 and, like, all the streams, everyone was like, what's, what's um his last name? What's his last name? Why, why isn't Starkid telling us his last name? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then, like, it's not even that big of a real feel until you've seen Nerdy Prudes. But knowing that Nerdy Prudes is supposed to be the first one, and we were supposed to meet the younger brother before the older brother, it makes sense why they were keeping it a secret. It does. But So,
0: do we want to hold off on some of the information that is in Time Bastard until Nerdy Prudes?
1: Sure. Why don't we just go through Nightmare Time Two as well? Robust
0: because especially the only because the
1: really, I argue that there's two yeah. that matter.
0: Yeah, there's the only two that really, really matter. Which two are you thinking? Yellow Jacket and Abstinence Camp.
1: Three then. Her um, oh. Nick's little thing with um mm-hmm. working boys, so yes. I guess we'll only talk about those ones. Um, let's just go through the synopsis, okay? So, Honey Queen, when Upper crust socialite Linda Monroe sets her sights on the Hatchetfield Honey Festival, Honey Queen crown. She makes an enemy of co- cutthroat barista Zoe Chambers. Soon what's meant to be a pleasant pageant becomes a bloody nightmare as the two bitter rivals lie, cheat, steal and kill their way to the top.
0: I'm not surprised. No. Zoe seems like she would kill someone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: She yeah. kind of does.
0: Like, literally, the entirety of her character, at any moment, just, Emma, I'm on vocal rest. Click, click.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of Emma, Perky's buds. It's finally happened. Emma Perkins has her pot farm, and it's glorious. The only problem? Those checkered tail night honks that keep eating her weed. As the Hatch Field Honey Festival approaches, Emma and her farmhand slash graphic designer Ziggs fight to protect mm-hmm. Cookie's buds from male- uh, Malevolent forces. Malevolent forces. I've never seen that word spelled out. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's like pandemonium. I was like- Damn will stop at nothing to destroy the farm or claim it for their own also guys if you wonder why gabby and i stopped doing note episodes it's because of this where emma and gabby cannot read to save our lives
0: yeah
1: this wow. is now on recording i can't do what i was about to do to you <laughs> oh god <laughs> abstinence camp when nerdy prude grace chastity inadvertently starts a rumor about cool and popular steph lautner lautner what lautner steph- the taylor stephanie Swift water me. yeah well yeah that's how he he said it's actually pronounced it's taylor lautner not lautner oh wow he came out about it, like, earlier this year, so... Do, 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 do! Lauder. The two Lauder. Find- Lauder. The two find themselves stuck together for the summer. Along with a cast of kooky counselors and fellow campers, they discover the terrible secrets of these woods. That something, dot, 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 or someone, watches over them. Someone who punishes those who do not abstain. Someone who lumbers. Someone dot 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 with an axe. Ooh. Spooky. Oh, one God. we talked We're about a little room. bit earlier. So we don't even have to really talk about this one. Yeah. But Daddy When Frank hits it off with Sherman Young's rich, widowed mother, Sheila, he sees a golden opportunity to save Toei's own by marrying Sheila and becoming Sherman's daddy. But Frank soon discovers there's more to the Youngs than meets the eye, and that being the daddy isn't all it's cracked up to be.
0: That one gives me such an ick. I don't know
1: why. Killer track! It's been spread online at parties in the back uh, backs of beat-up old vans. The song, The Killer Track. Hear it, and seven days later, you die. But it's just an urban legend, right? Well, Rose is about to find out. When she's played the song by an alluring stranger, she can't escape the haunting tune. With time running out, Rose seeks help from a kindly social worker named Duke and a mysterious woman with strange powers, Miss Holloway. And then Yellow Jacket, when Hannah Foster has an accident in shop class, she racks up a massive medical bill that Lex has no way to pay. But Hannah's not like other 15-year-olds. She has a gift. She's not like other girls, you guys. She's not. She's psychic. A power, an immense psychic ability she can't control or understand. Desperate for cash, Hannah decides to use her gift in a deadly competition that'll put her against other psychic kids for a chance to win big. The cast includes Angela as Haley, Martha Wright, Grace Chastity, and Lex Foster, Bryce Charles as Judith, Volunteer 2, Counselor 1, Camper 1, Rose, and Sophia, Cory Doris as Seton Monroe, Man in Seat, Solomon Louder, frank pricely russ and ensemble it had solomon twice so that's why i paused for a second you're like, good but kurt mega as Jer- jordan monroe zach chambers liz's husband eddie Chiplucky, kurt sniggle and duke keen dylan saunders as gerald monroe this is the first time we see him as gerald yes bob metzger Isaac, Tom, he- uh, Tom Houston, Bruno, and Jeweler. But I thought we don't talk about him. We don't talk about Bruno. No, we don't. We don't. <laughs> oh, oh, as clerk, Ziggs, Kale, and ensemble. Jamie Lynn Beatty as Embers Mary sherman young sheila young marco beth deb and ensemble james tolbert as river monroe river monroe trevor morales minsker nighthawk three noah charles or er, and charles jeff Blim as sam sweetly Trent monroe sea captain gabe barry swift which is man in a hurry's name According to Starkit's mm-hmm. Wikipedia page and this, Scud, and General John McNamara. Joey Richter as Dan Reynolds, Malone, Homeless Man, Obnoxious Teen, Ezekiel, Ted Spinkovsky, Vet, Thrash, Ethan Green, and Brad Callahan. John Joey Mc... as Ethan is so good. I know, I know. I think Joey needs to be more leads and that's saying something because he's a lot of Starkid leads. Oh yeah. Actually he's more of Starkid's best friends than Starkid leads. Mm Mm-hmm. John Matson as Roman Murray, Paul Matthews, Carl Metzger, Nighthawk 2, Boy Jerry, and Daniel. Kind of forgot about that. Part Jerry and Jerry, yeah. Kim Waller, Jerry as and Jerry, Liz Cunningham, volunteer one girl Jerry, Miss Holloway and Becky Barnes, Lauren Lopez as Linda Monroe, Emma Perkins, Mary Courtney, Honey Seller, Hannah Foster and facilitator, Maria maria Mariah Rose Faith as Zoe Chambers, Steph Lauder, Alice Woodward woman. Webby and (laughs) I did it again.
0: (laughs) I did it twice,
1: (laughs) (laughs) guys. When I was writing the uh, Nightmare Time notes, I was falling asleep because it was like midnight. No excuse, but just so you know, no excuse. and then Nick Lang as Professor Higgins, Louis Metzger, and Pete Spinkovsky. Also, I kind of wonder how Nick's Pete would have been if he had performed as Pete, as Ner- in Nerdy Prudes. I feel like it would have given Robin, yeah. I can't remember the voice he did for Pete, but I'm sure it's his Robin or something very similar. Yeah,
0: it's the same kind of vibe. Yeah. Yeah, I can see
1: that. Though Joey's voice gave me bug. (laughs) And Lauren's voice in Nerdy Prudes gave me, um, baguette. Yeah. Yeah, To the point where I thought they were going to end up for like a scene together because they were bug and baguette. No! It was also midnight and I was tired. It was also midnight and Emma was tired. Anyway, I don't even know where to start with this one. Mostly because I don't remember this one as well. I was just saying honey queen's important because of working. The boy. only one. Yeah. And Abstinence Camp gets our first like real introduction to Grace Chastity, um, Pete uh-huh. and Steph. hmm That's
0: it, right? But I will I will say yellow jacket is very important. But only in the like realm of Black Friday,
1: mm.
0: if that makes sense. Explain. I think it's just because I'm biased because I absolutely love the Foster Girls. <laughs>
1: Yeah, because, like, honestly, see these as, like, side stories where if you want to have more Hatchetfield, it's almost why I didn't include them in our original conversation. Because they're, like, side Mm -hmm. stories. And, like, yes, there's some of them that are important. Like, um, Ted's from- Not all of them are. Not all of them are, Mm -hmm. and they're not, like, something I regularly go back to yeah So should we just go to the newest one that we keep like kind of talking about but not really actually Mm. the two newest ones which one do we want to talk about first working boys
0: working boys working boys let's start with that A new musical.
1: Working Boys is the story of Henry Hidgens trying to make the musical of his dreams a reality. It follows him as he goes to the Starlight Theater, where for the first time in over 50 years, they're going to produce their own show and they're taking submissions. And they get three submissions and they choose Working Boys, a new musical. Um, they get Which gets greenlit and it's not going the way he imagined because he's trying to make the show and everything gets changed on them, including them making it into working girls. Mm -hmm. And unbeknownst to Hidgens on opening night, there was something nefarious going on at the Starlight Theater. It premiered on October 13th of this year, and the cast includes Jeff Wim as a very unhinged Professor Hidgens and Barry Swift, Mariah Rose Faith as (laughs) Zoe Chambers, Bryce Charles as Brenda and Cassandra King. John Madison as Richie Lipschitz and Greg. Kurt Mega as Officer Bailey and Mark. Joey Richter as Ted and Steve. Cory Doris as Bill Woodward and Stu. Angela as Haley Dilmore and Grace Chastity. Lauren Lopez as Linda Monroe, Ruth Fleming and Courtney. Dylan Saunders as Gerald Monroe and Leighton. Virginia Vass as Sue, Kim Wallen as Mil Mar- Mulberry and Meg, Paul Gabriel as stage manager, Matt Dehan as Glinda's pianist, and Mary Kate Wiles as Starlight producer. So, from. I didn't know what to expect going into this one. Not gonna lie. Good good i did remember from i think another 10 anniversary stream them talking about this plot and talking about how they were going to change it on him but they didn't explain how mm-hmm. and i don't know how i feel about yeah. the girls but i love it at the same time and i think no one else oh, yeah played pigeons oh. female version but mariah Yeah.
0: Yeah, I have to agree with that, honestly. Also, I love their little, like,
1: costume especially things that vocally. they do with her. Yeah, especially vocally. But I love that their little costume <laughs> thing that they do with her, where they're trying on different costumes for her to wear for the show, and then they settle on one that looks like his, the guy who didn't like musicals outfit. Yes. You look at it, it's the exact same thing
0: it is and it's amazing i love it
1: and it fits her so well it does i I love it so much yeah but like i don't know i really liked it um something that the stream after they had talked about it that they said was wait hold on is that Chad obviously is the only one that isn't um seen when they get all the creepy guys. Yes. And it's because yes. he's Professor Higgins' favorite so they didn't want to cast any of the starkids to play the favorite. But if you notice, c oh, no. um that even happens in the working girls because Chad is the only one that stays the same between the two versions. Because oh my like- god! And Leia <laughs> and all <of> that. <laughs> Chad is the only one that stays consistent because he's Hidgen's favorite oh my god (laughs) I feel like though if Jeff was not Hidgen's and like I don't want to say pre what had come out had come out Mm. About the gentleman who originated this role, um, I feel like John would have played Chad, and John or and Jeff would have been Greg. Yeah, they were roommates. Oh my god, they were roommates. Yeah, John and um Robert were um were roommates for a while. Oh wow!
0: I keep forgetting about that.
1: No, no, I liked it. I wish we got more of the original song. Yeah, I think that's my one complaint.
0: Yeah, I can get that. I that can get and it that. should have
1: been Becky Barnes and Tom.
0: Yeah. Like Obviously. don't get me
1: w- wrong, I love Kurt in the that, but I would have preferred another Kurt cameo. Oh yeah, rather than his cop. But that's okay. But it's okay. It's really good. I really like it. And I want to see more Mary Kate Wiles in my starhead. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Can you imagine her vocal cords with it? That'd be insane. Speaking of vocal cords, shall we get into this newest one? Nerdy Prudes Must Die? Yeah, which is a teen slasher comedy about a group of geeks and their ghostly tormentor from the creators of The Guy Who Didn't Like Musicals and Black Friday. When the biggest losers had Hatchet food high unwittingly complete an accident or an ancient evil ritual they unleash an all-powerful angry spirit with a grudge against nerds that's when steph louder grace chastity and a cast of social rejects must fight to save themselves and nerdy prudes everywhere but can any of them survive the fury of a bully from beyond the grave the cast included will branner as max Yeagerman, Bryce Charles as Detective Shapiro, um, Shapiro Brenda and Ensemble, Kurt Mega as Mark Chasity, Officer Bailey, Kyle Clauger, Tinky, and News Announcer. Also, if they had to have Kurt and Kim sit next to each other for who knows what, it should have been Karen Chasity and Mark Chasity in the audience. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. (laughs) You're not. Thank you. Um, Corey Doris as Solomon Louder, Jason Jepson, and Pokey. Mariah Rose Faith as Steph Louder and Caitlin. Inchula as Grace Chastity. Lauren Lopez as Ruth Fleming, Donna Daggett, Emma Perkins, Blinky, and Brooke. John Madison as Richie Lipschitz. Um, boy, Jerry, when does that happen? Uh, is that during the song? It probably is the like newscaster song, yeah, that's what I meant. Because
0: along with that, um. There's a lot of other cameos that I will mention because I have an actual list up
1: okay. right here. Trevor Paul Matthews and Wiggly, Joey Richter as Pete Spankowski and Dan Reynolds, Kim Wallen as Karen Chassidy, Miss Mulberry, Reese M- Miss Hesberger, and Stacy.
0: So for the special appearances within this cast, there's Davis Hamilton, who is actually an understudy. He is a male understudy for the Hatchetfield Cop, one of the reporters, and also a Hatchetfield student, Virginia, Virginia Vass, who is a reporter and also the soloist for one of the Hatchetfield students. Um, she is also that soloist for the reporter in the Hatchetfield song. Um, Jay Hughes, who plays Ziggs,
1: They're amazing, by the way. I love them. Um, Also, yes, um, Boy Jerry is featured in the song Hatchet Town, where he and other citizens are caught up in the mania of the Jaegerman killings and begin blaming each other for them. When he is accused, Boy Jerry blames Girl Jerry for the killings.
0: Exactly. But that's only in the pro shoot. Yes. Isn't it? Or is it in the... Yeah. Um... James Tilbert, who plays Charles, Dylan Sauters, who plays Gerald Monroe, and Jeff Jeff Blim, who plays Barry Swift. I'm sorry, but I can't take that name seriously.
1: (laughs) No, because you know (laughs) what Nick Lang and Matt Lang did? They took Barry from Barry Allen. I and if you
0: say it fast, it sounds like very swift.
1: Yes, but Barry Allen's the Flash. Yes, exactly, the Flash and is he's in a hurry—a man in a hurry.
0: Exactly, he is a man in a hurry. <laughs> oh, all right. So, where would you like to start when it comes to nerdy prudes? even know because honestly this this show is
1: amazing (laughs) it's crazy good um it is I will tell you my first thought after meeting Richie for the first time uh huh you know so you know the music will be more chill Yes. Richie gives me the same vibe as the <laughs> kid. Which I think is also named Richie. If I'm not mistaken. Yes. yes. <laughs> but it's not even the name. Oh, it's the I energy. Knew.
0: I knew so many kids like Richie in high school and middle school <laughs> same
1: it's insane not, like yes for um Ruth but not really not in the same mm-hmm. way
0: oh no i knew i knew people like Ruth as well like to
1: that point <laughs> no i didn't really know anyone and it could have been my school it could have been in theater communities i was in. Yeah, didn't really know anyone like Ruth. Yeah. Definitely knew people like um Pete and Steph. Wow. Not to the point of Pete and Steph. But you know, the like mm-hmm. very nerdy guy that like
0: was dating a popular girl.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I get that. No offense you... to you, Michael McNamara, but bringing you up again. <laughs> he doesn't listen to this show. I can talk shit about him. Actually, he I love him. He was amazing. No, I love
0: been better, him. Which... Michael
1: McNamara is amazing. Um, but he was one of those what the fuck was the guy's name? Hold on. Oh no. Emma, I'm well, so Emma sorry. Was... Well, Emma looks that up, I'm going
0: to discuss some onstage mishaps that happened during Hold the, on, hold uh, on, hold on. I got
1: it, I got it, I got it, I think. Oh, no. What the fuck was this man's name? Hold on. <laughs> so, basically, the first memory I have of Michael McNamara, or one of my first memories, there's two that come to mind. One is probably more embarrassing for him as someone who now is like getting a doctorate in theater, basically. Um mm-hmm. but that's not what we're going for. We're what the f what is its name What is the name? Mm-hmm. But basically he like was a nerd nerd where he would always argue with, pro- um, like, our teachers. I almost said professors. I don't remember the gentleman's mm-hmm. name. But it was the guy who was the, um, pre- like, resident of the Continental Congress. He would always argue was the first president of the United States. Which, like, not wrong. Uh-huh. But also not right. He would basically argue, and I remember this, with um, our theater teacher most definitely about who was the first president. George Washington or whatever the fuck the guy's name was. And I cannot find the guy's name. Damn. Um, but anyway, the other memory I have of him was I wasn't in the room when it happened. But his first ever musical he did was Into the Woods our freshman year, and he was the understudy for the narrator. Uh Uh-huh. The first music rehearsal day, he raises his hand when the music teacher is talking about like whatever quarter note they were on, and he raises his hand and goes, what's a quarter note? Oh God! He also oh, God. inflicted the Macbeth um, curse in the theater. In the theater, and got almost got pushed off the stage for inflicting the Macbeth curse. Jesus, we love you, Michael McNamara. He went to Rollins for undergrad. <laughs> Oh, God. He still will play, like, chess on TikTok Live. uh, He will just, like, do TikTok Live of him playing chess. Jesus Christ. If that tells you... Like, he is Pete.
0: He is Pete. So, did you see the digital ticket version of
1: Nerdy No, that was my first
0: day. For first time. Okay, so there's a list of onstage mishaps that happened during that shoot version. Um, for example, Angela cannot sit in the chair properly in the interrogation scene where it's all four of the teens, um, and she ends up falling on the floor. And at one point, later on in the same show, Mariah remembers Angela falling out of the chair and cannot stop herself from laughing. And it becomes a running gag throughout the rest of that performance of them re-remembering Angela falling on her ass and just dying laughing. Um... Another one is Mariah and Corey, during Steph's phone scene, during the grounding, um, kept dropping Steph's phone and had to pick it up before um, Solomon almost hits it with a hammer. And then a chair gets knocked over and Joey had to pick it up prior to his barbecue monologue scene. And the last one is... Extensive ad libs during the scene where Detective Shapiro talks to Steph, Pete, Grace, and Ruth, as described during the Hatchetfield Halloween Party live stream. They kept ad libbing to the point where um, they just kept breaking each other, and it became a constant thing of who can break each other more, which is amazing. <laughs>
1: I love Kid.
0: Oh God! <laughs> so um, we do have some new people in this cast. We have Will and Bryce. Well, we have one.
1: Yeah. Because Bryce wasn't in anything beforehand, right? Um,
0: let me actually double check that she, real fast. She's a because... detective. Actually, we have two. four.
1: No? No?
0: If we include the understudies, because
1: I have never seen them before. Well, the understudies were Virginia and... Oh, hold on. Let me see. Virginia Bass, who was in Nightmare yeah, Time. Yeah, Virginia. Actually, no. Uh, Bryce was in Nightmare
0: Time, okay. as Judith, Rose, Sophia, Detective Shapiro, and Brenda.
1: Okay. Well, for nerdy
0: prudes, but yeah. So sh- Bryce has been in things prior, um. But Virginia Vass, um, is a newcomer. Um, as a uh female understudy for Nerdy Prudes, um, she was also in Working Boys.
1: Mhm.
0: And then Davis Hamilton was the other one. And then uh, Davis Hamilton, as well, um, has only been in Nerdy Prudes as a male understudy, um. All that we currently know about him is that he lives in Los Angeles with his boyfriend and he has a twin brother. That is all that is currently on his StarKid wiki.
1: So it looks like he did go on for the role of Max. Okay. Okay. Or at least has videos of him on as Max. It might not be... During an actual show because they're wearing masks. Uh-huh. It was
0: probably for at least a rehearsal or two.
1: Yeah, but I mean both of them have cameos in the Hatchet Town song. Exactly. Um Bryce is the one that has the solo. Yes. but I don't know. I liked this one a lot, and I do, I can't even put my finger on why. I think I best described mm-hmm. the vibes that this gave it to me to my boyfriend earlier, where mm-hmm. I was like, it's Stranger Things meets If Carrie Was Actually Evil.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Tell me I'm wrong. You're not wrong. Also... I think I found where they found Will. Oh. He was in, drumroll please, the tour for Mean Girls. Who was he? Let's actually find out real fast. Let me guess. Uh, was he Aaron Samuels? He might have been, actually.
1: So I look Wait, at him and all. He I is sees. in
0: back to the f- Hold on.
1: Hold on. Is he Marty McFly in the Back to the Future musical on Broadway? I he is
0: the understudy understudy for um George McFly and Biff.
1: Okay. So the dad and Biff yeah um he
0: attended university of michigan majoring in musical theater
1: when did he graduate does it say um it does oh it it does on this one i'm reading and it says 2016 so way later yeah oh found found his mean girls Mm -hmm. cast or, like, what who he was. Ready? And who was he? Mr. Heron, mm-hmm. Ensemble, and then Understudy for Mr. Duval, Aaron Samuels, and Damien. Okay. So, there we have it. That's how
0: they probably found him.
1: Yeah. Which made sense. He had the best, like, well, we stage chemistry fact. as Mariah. Who plays...
0: The fact that Will plays the understudy for Biff
1: makes so much Max. sense. Yeah, literally. So much sense. Honestly, I really liked Max. I did
0: too, honestly. Jaegerman was
1: pretty good. Yeah. Um I love seeing Kim and Kurt play married couple on stage. Yes. It was adorable. What in the hatchet doing musical is going outside my window? I'm hearing girls scream on at the top of their lungs, bloody murder outside my window right now. Damn. What the fuck is going on? Is Max Ackerman risen from the dead again? I mean, I live underneath a church, so. He's married. Yeah. I did not know this. Oh, and he has a. Is that his kid? I don't think so. His Wikipedia oh, page no. doesn't say anything it's about niece. a kid. His niece. Hmm. That's who it yeah,
0: is.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I just really like this one. I can't pin why. I think of the Hatchetfield shows, it was the most put together.
0: It honestly was. Like, out of all of the Hatchetfield shows, it just feels... I don't know how to say it. Like, it's just amazing. Honestly. The songs have been stuck in my head, like, all week. Yeah. Since I watched it the first time. Um, and Um I will say so Pete
1: is one of my favorite Joey roles of all of Starcade.
0: Oh, absolutely. And that reveal of him actually being the hot chocolate guy.
1: I've been waiting
0: five years! I've been waiting for what feels like five
1: years. And then Emma spitting in chocolate. the hot chocolate? Yes. Yes. Like it's just so. Oh, it's I so know. Good. And I know it's that this good. one was made first. And maybe that's why I felt the most put together because it, they made it first and then they had five years to fully perfect it mm-hmm. before it got an audience. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And
0: it was so worth the wait, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, as much as I'm myself impatient, it was so worth waiting until the entire pro shoot came out, but also getting the digital ticket was amazing, too.
1: Okay, so you did get the digital ticket.
0: I did get the digital ticket, yes. And honestly, the Lords in Black intro for the digital ticket version the actual like full thing seeing the entire stage as much as i love seeing costumes up close in pro shoots the impact that the initial uh reaction of everyone seeing the lords in black show up and how they actually had their intro put out for the live version had a bigger impact on me because they they had a full blackout mm-hmm. and then these different lighting cues that went off one by one and then wiggly talked mm. which was very interesting it kind of showed the transition from the world where they're doing the summoning to having the black and white show up
1: entirely yeah let me tell you, the summoning and all of that part and it being, like, teens and, like, a rag group, it felt very, like, season 150 of Riverdale. <laughs> tell me
0: I'm wrong. You're not, but my ass literally goes, what in the Scooby-Doo is going on here? Like,
1: there's not enough for them to be Scooby-Doo.
0: Yeah, because two of them are dead. <laughs>
1: Even before that, there were only what? Oh, wait. There were five of them. Exactly, there were five. So who's
0: Scooby? Ruth.
1: <laughs> okay, hold on. So, Steph is obviously Daphne. Uh huh. And Pete is obviously Velma. Mm hmm. Richie is which one? Fred or Sk- uh, Shaggy? Shaggy. <laughs> Crisis.
0: Fred. I mean, she is the leader. She's the leader. True. True. And,
1: you know, we got Ruth, the horn dog. Yeah. And she's also the dumb leader, which she kind of need for a friend. Where she sells herself out, technically.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Technically. Technically, yeah. Oh. Oh, okay, so... Trying to think so going back slightly yes to Nightmare Time um, two different things for Nightmare Time um, I've been noticing that a lot in the comment sections people have been mentioning Nightmare Time Episode 3 whenever it comes to Ghost Jane
1: Okay.
0: <gasps> yes. Do you see where I'm going with this? Yes. Sorry, Rumi. Um. So I have I have seen a lot of people saying that um we've already gotten Ghost Jane in Nightmare Time episode three. So does that mean that the Ghost Jane theory from Nerdy Prudes must die? is dead I doubt that they do the same plot again and some people are saying stuff like my guess is a lot of stuff was originally planned for nerdy prudes and instead was moved to nightmare time which honestly I think makes sense
1: I don't because they knew that they were always gonna produce this one
0: well yes but you know how everything goes through different stages Mm, mm mm-hmm um a lot of people I I'm just going through the wiki comments. Um a lot of these are old. <laughs> um, but Going back to a different episode within Nightmare Time. Let's talk about Ted again. (laughs) Don't die!
1: (laughs) Yeah, let's talk about it while I read this um, Hatchetfield multiverse theory. What's going on?
0: So as we know with Pete uh Pete is canonically um Ted's younger brother. That is correct, right? Yes. So we're introduced if you hadn't seen any of the Nightmare Time episodes at all the lords of black really show up in um nerdy prudes obviously if you had seen nightmare time you would have been introduced to them earlier yeah but
1: well like, i think something we forgot to mention with ted's nightmare time is kind of important to show the ripple effect and the butterfly effect of A plus time word equals this, which is him becoming the homeless man. Exactly. So, which is why they're like the reason why we kind of exactly someone says that the reason why we really
0: didn't talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was it was during the whole is this giving ghosts or is it giving wen Mel Miranda <laughs> section? Yeah. Um, but basically with Time Bastard, going back with that in the bastard's box, um when Ted goes back in time. To try to, um, you know, win back Jenny again um, and accidentally yeah. kills her, which causes him to go mad, mm-hmm. Um, especially when looking over the bastard's back, losing his mind. And then he remains in the past as the homeless man. Yeah. Um, It's just a constant loop for him because of the Bastard's Box, and that's referenced by um, Tinky, who is um, the Lord in Black that um, basically is the owner of the Bastard's Box. Mm -hmm. This little shit. This little shit. (laughs) Um says straight up in the lords in black song another spinkowski for my um collection yeah i don't know if you had heard that because it took me listening to it to the second time to actually hear it wait what that line specifically because Which a line? lot of stuff was going on uh Tinky mentioning that he has another Spinkowski for his collection.
1: I noticed that and got confused.
0: Because Pete is Ted's younger brother. So I think that if um, Steph had actually shot Pete do you think his, I I guess soul would have just been taken by the Lords in Black and
1: you know, repeat the process. Yeah, and I think she would have become what Grace chastity becomes. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Um. But also, the- the there's black. two. There's two fan theories that are going around with hatchfield I want to read the first oh. one because I love it. Um, Please I tell like me. I like the other one, but ready? This is from um mm-hmm. Reddit user You Poo Do. Like, Y-O-O-P-O-O-D-O-O. Amazing. Their headcanon is that Star could exist in-universe in the Hatchetfield thing, but is run by the members of the Church of the Starry Children. They put on performances at the Starlight Theater and at Watcher World specifically for the enjoyment of Blinky, the Watcher of a Thousand Eyes. This includes a musical set in Hatchetfield, which Pokey helps write and directs. Pokey sees what happens in other Hatchetfield timelines and forces Tar kid to act it out and sing it out. Damn.
0: Okay. Well, considering that pokey um is the one who possesses people and makes them a part of his like hive mind. Yeah. and wants to control everything that that would make sense.
1: The other one is probably more real? Mm-hmm. And it's from Reddit user rhymes with mouthful. Uh huh. And I'm just gonna read their whole thing. Like it's not that long, but it's like, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's easier to read it out, and then rather than shortening it, mm-hmm. um, they say that they may be overthinking this, but one line in the Hatchet Town song kind of stuck out to them. Singing all these songs gives him greater windows to kill, but we're singing still. Now, as any theater nerd will tell you, the songs and musicals are typically um, non-degetic, which means that they don't exist out of the literal events of the fiction, like score in a film. But that line, plus a few other hints, seem Mm -hmm. to indicate that these are happening in-universe that could just be fourth-wall humor at play, but they don't think it to be that simple. In fact... Mm -hmm. They have the idea that this has been an element since the beginning of Hatchetfield, um, and that it has had way more of a reach than anyone realizes. As you all know, um, what is his name? Um, Pokey? Uh-huh. Has way more of a reach than anyone realizes, and as you know, in his first appearance, he completely took over the world and, in fact, became the singular voice of the guy who didn't like musicals' timeline. In that case, the songs um, were all degetic as all of Hatchetfield became a living, breathing musical. Furthermore, as we've seen from Hannah's Hat, Ted becoming the homeless man, and many other carryover elements, what affects one timeline since ripples everywhere. The way they see it, an apocalypse of that magnitude may not have sent the hive mind spore everywhere, per se, but echoes of it have reverberated to the other two onstage timelines we see. Um, Black Friday and Nerdy Prudes Must Die aren't mm-hmm. quite body snatcher scenarios seen in um, The Guy Who Didn't Like musicals, but they're still singing in a way that seemingly can't be explained away by genre conventions. And that the implications can mm-hmm. be vast, but the other um lords in black are um or not even the other lords in black are immune to a little song and dance and then this person Mm -hmm. even says it would explain jokes like the shit it's gerald and telling them not to say shit or the smoke club dance um yeah or even in bully the bully Why do we keep doing that to Grace's um, spinning dance and then bury the body? Oh, no, she's snapping again. And then during Cool As I Think I Am, I bet the song will suck.
0: Yeah. I mean, that does actually make kind of sense.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and then did you notice this? Because it took me until looking at the YouTube comments to notice this part of this musical which is um Mm -hmm. richie and um pete are talking and uh Mm -hmm. about steph and like pete is like oh i'm not so sure and it's basically the same exchange that um ted and paul have in the first one about emma yeah It's, like, word for word, the exact same thing. Yeah. Interesting. I did notice that. I didn't, and then I saw their post, and then I went, ooh, let me go see that again. But I really, I, okay, so, like, I love Pete, and I love Steph, and I think they're my two favorite characters. Mm Mm-hmm. But of, like, the sidekicks of this one, like, if we're gonna include sidekicks of, a guy who didn't like musicals as well in this, I really liked Richie's little, like, story we got from him. Oh, yeah. Like, from him getting accepted after, um, Jägerman dies to getting killed, like, right after...
0: Yeah, and him saying straight up, I'm not a loser anymore.
1: Yeah, which gave me um very much Squidward and SpongeBob the musical energy, but <laughs> Yeah.
0: Tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. You're not. You're not wrong with that.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. Like God. And I love Lauren Lopez, but I don't think this was anywhere my top Lauren Lopez roles. Oh no. But I Which will say it's hard to say.
0: I will say the entirety of the um like barbecue monologues scene, um, including the notes, felt like a high school production of any theater show. Especially the whole Well, you gotta say your cue line's right. Like, someone didn't say their cue line's right, so I missed the light cue. That whole entire notes section
1: reeks of high school theater. Well, and speaking of high school theater, and I think this is the perfect way to end it before we get Mm -hmm. into fandom news. The barbecue monologues, I thought were gonna be like and this might be a niche theater thing, but I don't think it is. With how many memes I've seen of it on TikTok. Yes, I ate them. I ate them with ketchup. I ate
0: them with ketchup, and they were delicious. They were good.
1: Which Rena Raj, which we're going into more people I went to high school with, who was like best friends with Michael McNamara, did that monologue, and that was the first times I first time I ever heard that monologue was her doing it oh god and she was like i love Rena. and i know that she doesn't listen to this but she went into like that youtuber phase for a little bit post graduating high school oh god yeah so skylar thank you so much for coming on to talk about all things star kid thank you for having me where can the people find you
0: On my Instagram at smaller than you413, my TikTok at smaller than you forty one, and that's basically it.
1: Anyway, speaking of Phantom News, we don't have a lot, honestly, this week. Like at all. That's a surprise. I don't know. It's been a very slow week for Phantom News, which the fall usually gets right around there. Mm Mm-hmm. Especially when there's a giant strike going on, so nothing can really be announced at major conventions, like New York City Comic Con. Where nothing happened. Except for all of the Percy Jackson sneak peeks that we got that got immediately taken off of TikTok. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, well. Anyway. Rock matches. My son's a queer, but what can you do? Comes to Broadway in February 2024. Billy Porter, Michael Yuri, Rakina Kachango, question mark, and more join New York City Center's 30th Encore series. Deadpool 3 has been delayed. The filming is or the film is moving off of its May 2024 release date with no new. Officially announced release date. I wonder if it's because, and I know it's because, they didn't finish filming before the strike. Come on, studios. Set to launch North American Tour in fall 2024. Casey Cott extends Run in Moulin Rouge through early February. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse begins streaming on Net, um, on netflix on october 31st purple victoria starring leslie odom jr has extended its broadway run harry potter and the cursed child will launch north american tour next year universe orlando holiday events will start on november 17th of 2023 quincy tyler bernstein and zoe kazan complete the cast of doubt a parable seffs the musical, coming to Broadway in 2024. Sadly, Annalie Ashford and Josh Groban have announced their departure dates from Sweeney Todd. They will be departing Fleet Street on January 14th of 2024. Elle Fanning to make her Broadway debut, Inappropriate, alongside Sarah Paulson, Corey Stoll, and more. Disney's Blizzard Beach water park is reopening on November 6th. Ripsaw Falls at Universal Orlando's Islands of Adventure is reopening on November 17th of 2023. And last but certainly not least, Universal has announced a name for their Halloween Horror Nights style year-round attraction coming to Las Vegas, which will be Universal Horror Unleashed for listening to this week's episode of fans it's house like we are proud part of the real fans podcast network and if you want to check out more shows on the network you can find them on rf4rm.com join us in a couple of weeks when gabby and i will return to talk about her trip to walt disney world because it's baby's first trip to walt disney world in about a week about 11 days from recording she and i will be at mickey's Mouse scary right now um actually the day it comes out we will have gotten back from n- uh, not so scary really late that night um remember to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to us on youtube please leave us a review and comment down below to tell us what you think about the show and remember to follow us on instagram and x at fan Fatales pod for the latest updates um you guys can find me on instagram tiktok and x which um at snippy which is s-n-i-p-p-y-e-m-m-a and gabby is at gabby jet pretty much everywhere which is j-a-b-y-j-e-n-t our editing is by the wonderful carol hensmeyer as always thanks for tuning in bye the music in this episode do not reflect the brand or company they are about